Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son who is close to his father's heart, who has made him known. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want you to imagine with me before anything was created. I can't say a time before anything was created because there wasn't time even at that time. (laughs) It's confusing. It's hard for us to think about nothingness. But that's how it all began. It began with nothingness. And the very first thing that happened was God had an idea, a vision. A dream, a dream of life. Let's call that dream Sophia. Sophia means wisdom, so we're going to call it Sophia. It's a feminine word. And, and so God had this vision of life that we're calling Sophia. But Sophia wasn't simplistic. Yes, God could envision a human being and what that human would be, but think about how complex one human life is. Think about the complexities of the brain. And we needed to have the ability to respire, right? Breathe, to bring oxygen in, to take carbon dioxide out of our bodies. We needed the ability to to transport nutrients, transport that oxygen, transport food, uh, uh, nutrients that we bring into our body had to be transported to all aspects of our body, to our very fingertips to the edges of our toes. God had a lot to figure out within Sophia. 
of how and, and what a human life is to be. But in order for a human being to exist, there has to be a lot of other complex systems. How do we, where's the oxygen going to come from? So, so God in, in Sophia recognized there needed to be plants, plants that could take carbon dioxide, separate the carbon from the oxygen, put the oxygen back out into the atmosphere and use the carbon for their own growth and development, while human beings do the opposite. Animals do the opposite. We bring in the, the, the uh, uh, oxygen, and then it gets combined. We use it, but some gets combined to carbon, and we expel carbon dioxide. So in Sophia, God's wisdom, all of this was being worked out. But it wasn't just about plants and animals. There needed to be food. There needed to be water. There needed to be all sorts of things to provide life for plants and animals, right? And so God figured out if, if, if the water in the, in the uh, oceans could evaporate, it could, be, it could exist in clouds and be carried over the dry land and then released so that there would be rivers and springs over the dry land so that the plants and animals could be nourished. I mean, this is just a little bit of the complexity that it takes to sustain life. It's a complicated system. But at the same time, it's a really fragile system. You know, it doesn't take much to mess up the water. If we get the salination wrong in the ocean, if, if the water becomes a little bit too acidic, it becomes deadly. If we get too much carbon in our air, too much carbon that, that is overpowering the oxygen and we start getting uh, ozone, ozone is like, O3, it's not O2, it's O3. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not the molecule that we can breathe, right? We breathe O2. If we get ozone, which is O3, that's a problem. And so little things can throw this whole Sophia out of whack. And that's what's been happening. You see, in Sophia, human beings understand the complexity in which they live. They understand that every life is is precious, that every life is fragile. Within Sophia, uh, human beings live in intimate relationship with the creator, intimate relationship with each other, intimate relationship with the rest of the creation because we depend on each other. We need each other. We need the creation, and the creation needs us. We need God, and God needs us. And so when we look at the divine design for life that began on day one of the creation, when God said, let there be light, that was the birth of Sophia. That was the birth of God's dream for life. And it was complex and complicated. That's why the Genesis story takes several days, six days for different things to be created, right? It's not good that human beings be alone. But for some reason, we think doing life alone is the way we're supposed to do life. For some reason, we, we got this idea that we're supposed to be self-made human beings. <laughs> That's impossible. We can't create ourselves and we can't sustain ourselves. I don't create oxygen. I don't, I don't create water. 
I don't, I don't create the, the, the plants and, and animals that are necessary to sustain human life in this world. These are God creations. But for some reason, we think we're independent of all of this. We think we're superior to all of this. We think we're beyond all of this. We are a product of plants, animals, water, oxygen. We are an intimate part of the creation. There's, without this earth, there's no humanity. Without the earth, there's no humanity. You know, we're still in Christmas. Christmas lasts for 12 days. It goes from December 25th until um, Epiphany, which is on January 6th. That's the Christmas season. So it's still Christmas. <laughs> We've still got our decorations up, the trees right over my shoulder here. And we're still celebrating the light of Christ coming into this world. But what's the point? Did, did Jesus, did the Messiah come into this world simply to tell us to believe in God so that we can escape this place and go to heaven? Is that why the Messiah was sent? Or is the Messiah, is the Christ, Sophia? The Christ is the enfleshment of God's dream. The Christ is the enfleshment of God's vision for all of life. And the point is to perpetuate life. The point is to keep life going. That's why the Christ was sent into this world. That's why the light came into this world, to shine on our true identity, to shine on our true purpose, and to call us to live now as that light, to be reflections of Sophia in every single thing we do. Why are we living such isolated lives? Why do we make ourselves the center of the universe? Why do we think our feelings, our thoughts, our ideas are the most important? Why do we see each other as threats to us, to ourselves? We, we, we think like it's a zero-sum game. Well, the reality is there are hungry people in this world, and we don't want to be one of them. There are homeless people in this world, and we don't want to be one of them. There are people who are struggling in this world, and we don't want to be one of them. And we've convinced ourselves that, that we have to take care of ourselves, that in order to prevent ourselves from tremendous pain, from maybe homelessness or, or, or hunger, we've got to hoard. We have to have way more than we need, bigger houses than we need, houses that are way more expensive. Uh, than, than most people can afford. That's this community. We know that's true. No affordable housing in this community. Bank accounts and, 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 and stock portfolios and all sorts of, of, of property that we own and we invest in because we think that's what sustains us. The reality is we have a divided world economically. We are at the top food chain. The rest of the world doesn't live like us. Some do. See, our problem is we compare ourselves to people like Jeff Bezos. We compare ourselves to people like Bill Gates, and we say, see, we're not rich. <laughs> take them out of the equation. Take, take, take the billionaires out of the equation. Just, there's so few of them, so few of them, seven billion people on the planet, just a few billionaires, not many, just a couple. Let's, let's compare ourselves to the rest of the, the, the billions of people, right? Let's compare ourselves to the people who live on the continent of Africa. 
Let's compare ourselves to the people who live in South or Central America. Let's compare ourselves to the folks who live in Asia. You, you see what's going on here? In comparison to the rest of the world, we're the wealthiest people in the universe. We are. I can buy virtually anything I need today. My kids went to college, one's still in college. If somebody in my family gets sick, we can treat them. We can make sure they get health care. There's, there's nothing that I'm thinking of today that I lack. I have food. I have air. I have water. I have community. I have shelter. What more do I need? I have purpose in life. What more do, do I need? Right? So as Christmas was coming, I kept telling my family, please don't buy me anything. Please don't buy me anything. I don't need anything. You know what I want to do more of with our, our resources? I want to serve more people. I want to help more people. I want to create deeper community. I want to break down barriers that, that separate and divide us. I don't want any person to think they're lesser than because they're female or because their skin is brown or because they're LGBTQIA or because whatever. We're all human beings. We're all children of God. We all exist within Sophia, within God's dream of life. All of us dwell there. And, and there's no cookie cutter for what a human life is supposed to look like. Everyone's supposed to dress like me. Everybody's supposed to wear their hair like me. Everybody's supposed to act like me. There's no cookie cutter for what human life is to look like or be. You see, I think we're still discovering our humanity. We're still trying to figure out what it is just to be alive, just to be human. We can't make sense of pain. We, we can't make sense of the, the challenges and adversities <laughs> that we face in our life. In fact, most of our prayers to God are to minimize our pain. But, but what if? What if the Christ came, the Logos, the Sophia, came into this world to invite us into a journey, a journey of discovery, a journey of discovering God in every little tiny thing, seeing God in leaves, seeing God in ants, right? Seeing God in the complexities, all of the minute, minute complexities of the creation. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't that occupy all day, every day, right? All of our time, just looking for God in everything we see. And, and, and what is it for us as human beings to discover more and more and more potential within ourselves? Anytime we create systems and processes that divide us, whites over here, blacks over here, men over here, women over here, straight over here, gay over here. Anytime we create systems that divide our humanity, divide our humanness, it's going against God's creativity. Because I think what the beauty of life is, is this constant experience. Pain is a part of the life experience. Pain gives us a lot of information. That's really what pain is, it's information, right? If I put my hand on a hot stove, I just got a lot of information all at once. Well, same thing with emotional pain. It's giving us information. And, and sometimes we don't quite know how to interpret that information. We don't know how to make sense 
out of that information. And so what pain also does is it draws us together. Because pain is universal. Pain is, is something that's common in our humanity. And if we're honest with our pain, if we're authentic with our pain, if we're real with our pain, right? Then we're going to talk to others about it. We're going to discover that others have pain too. And, 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 and we can meet each other in our pain. And we can begin to have compassion for each other in our pain. And it's not that we're trying to fix each other's pain. It's that we love each other through the pain. We recognize that, that even though as a man, I don't fully understand women. As a, as a straight person, I don't understand LGBTQIA. As a person of wealth, I don't understand poverty. As, as a, a person who's educated, I don't know what it's like to go through life without an education, right? You see what I'm doing here is I can't assume that just because I'm human that I understand all of humanity. I don't. I have this very small human experience, but what's universal is my pain, my hurt, my anguish. All human beings feel that. All animals feel that. I've even been reading about plants where, where science is showing even plants feel and experience pain and discomfort. Isn't that interesting? And so there's something in our humanity with pain that draws us together if we allow it. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be open. We have to be willing to come together and say, here's how I hurt. And listen to how others hurt. And we're not trying to fix, remember. We're trying to seek understanding. Understanding of self, understanding of other, but understanding of our humanity. What it means to be human. And how it is that we walk alongside one another gently, lovingly compassionately, so that we're not adding to each other's pain. We're comforting each other through the pain. We're holding each other through the pain. We're providing hope, not that the pain will be gone tomorrow, but the hope that in the midst of our pain, God is there. We have a suffering God. The Messiah came into this world. He didn't have it easy. <laughs> Sophia didn't have it, he doesn't have it easy. God's dream doesn't have it easy. Jesus came and, and he lived the vision of Sophia. Sophia was embodied in Jesus, in the Christ. And as Jesus went out to do ministry, where did he connect with people? In their pain. Jesus connected with the pain of the leper. He connected with the pain of the ostracized woman. He connected with the pain of the foreigner. He connected with the pain of the person who had the wrong religion. He connected with the pain of the poor. He connected with the pain of the, the hungry. Wherever there was pain, he entered in. Not to fix, but to comfort, to be present, to let people know that in the midst of pain, God isn't excluding them. God isn't attacking them. God isn't punishing them. God's holding them. God's there. Our hope is not that the pain will be gone tomorrow. Our hope is that God is always with us. That's the hope. And that through the pain, love and life win. You know, Jesus was arrested. He was beaten. He was humiliated. And he was nailed to the cross. But what was greater pain for him? Was it greater pain, the nails going through his hands and his feet? 
Or was it greater pain looking at a broken world who didn't know who it was? Looking at human beings who didn't know who they were. Watching human beings who were created to live in love and in relationship with God and each other and all of creation turn on each other. Turn even on God. Saying, we don't want you, God. We want, we want to be God. I want to be God. I want to be beyond pain. I want to be beyond difficulty. I want to be beyond adversity. Is that really what the divine is? You think God is beyond pain? You don't think God grieves? You don't think God sees the injustices going on? When, when that officer's knee was on George Floyd's uh, neck, you don't think God was grieving and in pain in that moment? God, knowing the Sophia intimately, knowing the, the divine design for life intimately and watching one human being kill another human being simply because he could. You don't think God was in pain over that? You don't think God's in pain today watching the, 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 the millions of people in Haiti starving because of dysfunctional governmental systems, because of corruption, drugs, and, 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 and money, and, and all of this. And so millions of people are being suppressed and oppressed and brutally uh, treated without food, without health care, without any opportunities because of the power of a few. You don't think God grieves that? God's in pain over that? As our earth shifts and changes and, and, and we have global climate change, I'm, I'm recording this here the end of December, and it's 60 degrees today in Colorado. 60 degrees. You don't think God's grieving what's going on with the earth because of our greed, because of our need for fossil fuels, because we just want more? So people, the poor have to live by the, the edges of the seas and the rivers, and they're the first ones affected when the floods come. They're the first ones affected. They, they live in trailers that get hit by tornadoes. In the Midwest, we just had horrible storms go through there. And it's the poor who suffer more than anyone else. We live in safe places. When you have means, you don't live in places where there's danger. You live in places of self-protection, right? You don't think God grieves this? God is anguished over what's happening in our world today? And so God is suffering the way we suffer. God is hurting just as we hurt. The pain in the cross was physical, but it was spiritual. It was emotional. It was relational. The Christ hurt. Sophia hurt. But on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead to show us. Love and life win. Love and life win. Sophia will prevail. God's vision of life will prevail. God will not quit on us. God will not quit on the universe. God will not quit on life. So as we move into this new year, 2022, our theme for the whole year, choose love, choose hope, because we believe it's a choice. We can choose to think only about ourselves. We can choose to, to, to be uh, selfish and egotistical and narcissistic and arrogant and all of those things. We can choose to think that our lives are more important than anybody else's, that our way is the right way, that our beliefs are the only beliefs, that anybody who believes differently from me is wrong. You can choose that. Many are choosing that path today. 
But what God is calling us to choose is to choose love. That's the connection. Intimate relationship with God, with each other, with all of humanity, and with creation. That's what it means to choose love. To, to pour ourselves out, to empty ourselves for the sake of life for all people. Opportunity for all people. Restoration of the creation. Right? Choose love. Or, not or, and, we can choose hope. And hope is not that by tomorrow the problems will be gone. Hope is that whatever we face, whatever we're dealing with, God is there. Choose love. Choose hope. May Sophia dwell in us. We already dwell in Sophia, but may she dwell in us. May God's dream and vision for life dwell in us so that everything we do every day serves to build life, to, to spread love, to draw people into hope, right? And, and so this work that we do, we don't just do it at church. We do it at home. We do it at school, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, everywhere we go. We're called to be light. We're called to, to reflect Sophia. We're called to generate life in every aspect of our lives, because that's God's dream. It's God's vision. It's not gonna go away. We can work against it, but the Holy Spirit is strong. And the Holy Spirit's gonna continually, continually work to find some who will be drawn into God's dream, God's vision of life for all people, whose gifts and abilities will be used to generate life and opportunity for all people. May we be part of that movement so that we and all the world may experience real life in Jesus' name. God loves you, and I do too. Happy New Year.